Have you ever done something and then realised you didn't want to do it after all? No, the thing you went searching for became something challenging or even hostile and terrifying. Today, we're going to take a look at a bedtime story and an ancient story, and we're going to discover what they've got to do with your story. This is going to help you the next time you find yourself face to face with a bear or anything hostile that is standing in your way. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh, a cave. A narrow, gloomy cave. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh no, we've got to go through it. Tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. What's that? One shiny wet nose, two big furry ears, two big goggly eyes. It's a bear! Ah! Quick, back through the cave. Tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. Back through the snowstorm. Back through the forest, double trip, double trip, double trip. Back through the mud, scrub, 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 scrub. Back through the river, Back through the grass, swishy, 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 swishy. Get to our front door, open the door, up the stairs. Oh no, we've got to shut the door. Back downstairs, shut the door, back upstairs, into the bedroom, into the bed, under the covers. We're not going on a bear hunt again. I've never been on a bear hunt, you know, funnily enough, I didn't think it was a family-friendly activity. But if I did, I probably would have done something similar to the family in our story. Or then again, you know, aren't you supposed to play dead if you meet a bear in the woods? Running away is supposed to be the last thing you should do. It's a bit like if a shark comes up to you in the sea, you're supposed to punch it on the nose. Now, would you do that? Would you punch a shark on the nose and would you play dead if a bear came up to you? You know, I think I'd panic and I'd get them mixed up. I'd end up playing dead with a shark and punching the bear on the nose. I've got a better solution. Don't go looking for bears or swimming with sharks. But the bear hunt is a metaphor for life and faith. Faith is an adventure. It's one that we have some idea of where we're going, but we don't know everything we'll face or exactly where we'll go. Along the way, we come across obstacles that we can't avoid. You know, we can't go under them, we can't go over them, we've gotta go through them. You know, I love roller coasters. I remember the first time I went on one called Oblivion. It's at Alton Towers, and it was the world's first vertical drop roller coaster. If you haven't been on it, let me share the experience with you. The Oblivion experience starts about two hours before the ride. You're standing in a queue just waiting for the people in front of you and there's not much that you can do in the queue. You just stand there and sort of wait around. And then you shuffle forward a tiny bit. And then you shuffle forward a tiny little bit. And two hours you're standing there and the excitement is building because all the time you see the roller coaster going and you're talking to the people next to you saying, we're going to go on that in a moment. It's going to be our turn. And eventually you get closer and closer until you're going to be one of the next groups that happen. And they sort of funnel you through this sort of like cattle grid thing, squish you in, and you're waiting there, you know, really close up for the ride to come in. And it, and it moves in like, like this, and it stops. And these gates in front of you open, 
and you walk forward and you walk along the road and you, you sit um, on the ride. You have to be careful how you sit because there's these big bits that stick up and, and you sit in and you bring the, the barriers down and you sort of clunk yourself in. You go shoom, clunk, zip, clunk, clunk, zip, clunk, clunk, click, clunk, clunk. And you are well and truly locked in to the roller coaster. And it's at that point that you start to think to yourself, you know, I'm not sure I want to be on it anymore. And you start to sort of shake um, the harnesses and you think to yourself, you know, this isn't perhaps a good idea. You know, you start shaking a bit louder, let me off this ride, I'm going to die, let me off! But there's no hope. You know, the operator's looking at you and they're just laughing at you as the roller coaster starts to move its way forward and it, put, it goes moves forward and it comes out of this station and it leans you back and it goes all the way up um, the top of this really steep um, this deep run and you're sort of lying there like slightly terrified and it's shaking like this and then you get to the top like this and it goes all calm and if you've ever been on the ride you'll know this this beautiful serene moment where the roller coaster goes around the top and you look around and you can, you're enjoying the view and you're waving to people and you're like, oh, it's my mum, I can see your mum. It's not your mum, but you're waving anywhere. And then it brings you to the edge of this big drop and it lowers you over the edge. And it says these wonderful words of advice. Don't look down. So what do you do? Well, you look down, you're like, Aah! and you're trying to, you think, I want to get off this ride. And all of a sudden it drops you and it plummets you down into oblivion. You're trying to push yourself back up the roller coaster and you go through this tunnel out the other side and you're like, yeah, that was amazing, I love it. You turn to your friend Billy who's just thrown up all over the people in front of you and you're like, I want to go again. You know, that is the oblivion experience. And if you're anything like me, when you go on a roller coaster, that whole time you're there, this is what I came for, this is what I want to do. And then when you strap yourself in, you start to doubt and think, actually, is this the thing that I want to do anyway? And until you go on it and until you go through it, you don't experience the fullness of what that has for you. That's a little bit like what we're talking about today. You know, in our bedtime story, the family go in search of a bear. But when they found it, they realised that coming face to face with a bear isn't the best thing in the world. You know, they couldn't go over it, and they couldn't go under it, and they certainly weren't going to go through it. So they turned and they ran. And throughout this series of videos, we've been comparing the bear hunt story with the ancient story of the people of God. Now, this bit of the story links into the early church. Now, here's a super brief catch-up on the story so far. God has established Israel to be his people, to be a nation that reveals the glory of God to the world around them. Then God came in the form of a man, the person of Jesus, who is fully God and fully human all at the same time. Now get your head around that. Anyway, Jesus has done what he came to do and he's handed over the baton to his followers. He's instructed them to carry on what he started. That's the adventure that they're on and it's here where we pick up the story. Luke, he wrote one of the Gospels about the things that Jesus said and the things that Jesus did. He also wrote another letter, which we call Acts. It shares the story of what happened next. And, you know, things seemed to go well for a while. More and more people wanted to be part of this new movement. 
But it seems that this was just the calm before the storm. Now, just before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gathered his disciples around him and he told them to wait in Jerusalem until they received the gift of his spirit that he promised them. Now, I know this bit does sound a bit weird. Jesus has promised his followers his spirit to be with them and to be at work within them. You know, the same spirit that enabled Jesus to do all he did was promised to his followers so that they can continue the mission. If you're a follower of Jesus, this gift is given to you. This is what Jesus says to them. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, this is the adventure. Jesus is telling them that he's going to equip and empower them to be his witnesses, to demonstrate through their actions and declare through their words the good news of who Jesus is. And he's given them a blueprint for where he wants them to go. You know, start here where you are in Jerusalem and then move on to Judea. That's the surrounding region. Then Jesus tells them to go to Samaria. Now, that's northern Israel. The Jews in Judea didn't get on with the Samaritans in Samaria. They were enemies. And after Samaria, go to the whole world. Now, Jesus is saying, wait here for the gift of my spirit and then start sharing with people what I've shared with you. Share this with all people. So they set out on this adventure and sure enough, they came across obstacles and challenges. But they knew that they had to keep going. They had to go through it, just like our family in the Behan story. And just like our family in the story, they came across an obstacle so big and so scary that they decided they didn't want to go any further. But it wasn't a bear. It was the mission itself. They witnessed about Jesus. They shared his good news with the people around them, the people in Jerusalem, the people in Judea, the people who were like them and who liked them. But then they stopped. They never went to Samaria or to the ends of the earth. They stayed in the relative safety of the known, you know, the long grass, the mud. Samaria and the ends of the earth was like a dark cave with a scary bear. Now, if they could, they would have turned around and ran all the way home. But this is where we deviate away from the bear hunt story. Their mission was to find a bear. And when they found it, they thought, well, this is too scary, so let's run home. The mission for the first followers of Jesus is the same as it is for his followers today, to demonstrate and declare the good news of who Jesus is, to be a voice of hope and hands of help in the midst of a world that needs it. The problem is that this is scary. It's challenging and difficult, and life would be easier if we just ran home and hid under the bed. But we're forgetting one thing, one crucial thing. Jesus has promised his followers the gift of his spirit to empower them and encourage them to do what he's calling them to do. Jesus didn't allow his first followers to stay in the relative safety of where they were. Instead, he shook things up in order to instigate the next phase. Now, the relative safety of Jerusalem and Judea was no longer safe. They had to flee for their lives. And so the church was scattered across the region and the world. They went to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
And they were standing before the dark cave with this scary bear, not wanting to go in. And then all of a sudden, Jesus gives them a nudge. And they realize the only option is to keep going, to go through it, to do what they came to do. And they do. They face their bear. They face the thing that makes them want to turn away and run and hide. And they go straight through it. And as we read on through the pages of Acts and the New Testament, we see that life isn't a bedtime story. It's full of challenges. And whilst the goodness of our eternity is assured, the immediate is more unpredictable. You know, there's a mix of highs and lows. There's mountains and valleys. There's joy and despair. The first followers of Jesus had to go through this cave. They had to face the challenges and the difficulties that stood in front of them in order for them to remain faithful to the mission and the life that Jesus was calling them to. If they hadn't, well, we wouldn't be here talking about this today. If they hadn't, this new movement would have fizzled out and none of us would know who Jesus is or what it means to follow him. And you know what? This isn't about religion. This is about hope and life. You see, as they faithfully followed Jesus, they demonstrated and declared good news. Today, the world is different because a bunch of Jesus followers heard what Jesus said and saw what Jesus did when it comes to loving others, to caring for the oppressed and the marginalized. You know, healthcare, education, social justice, and modern day understanding of charity all finds its roots in Jesus and his followers who faithfully followed him even through those dark, scary caves. And this is where we come into the story. You know, Jesus invites us to do the same things he invited his first followers to do, to be his witnesses, to be ambassadors of hope and joy, to make a positive difference in our world, to declare and demonstrate the good news of Jesus. And as we do that, there will be moments where we come across a dark cave with a scary bear inside it. Everything within us will want to turn and run and hide. It's in those moments that we need to remember his words. You will receive power when my spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Now, if you're a Jesus follower, this isn't something that you are waiting for. It's something you already have. His spirit is at work in you and through you to equip, to empower, to encourage you to live the life that he has for you. His spirit has been given to you to enable you to do what he is calling you to do. And when you stand in front of that cave and you think to yourself, I want to turn back. This is too difficult or too dangerous or too scary. Remember that you're not alone. Jesus stands beside you. He's in front of you and he's behind you. He surrounds you and he helps you go through it. I'm not saying he makes it easy. I'm not even saying he stops us from getting hurt. He doesn't remove the cave or take away the bear. But he does walk with us to help us go through it. So what's your cave? What is your bear? When it comes to your faith and your life, what is the thing that is standing before you that is making you want to turn and run and hide? And what will you do next? Where does the story go for you from here? You know, we know the ending, 
but we don't know the next chapter. Take courage. Allow yourself to be aware of Jesus' presence with you. Draw from the power of his spirit within you and take your next step on this adventure as you follow him through your story into his story.